we get to have these times where we get to talk about things that you probably are never going to hear on other radio stations. <laughs> I doubt very much. <laughs> we have but, our general manager over here, Ray Hansen. You're teaching us about a Jewish holiday that started last night, also continues tonight, called Purim. That's right. It's Purim. We're going to go back to the nation, or at least I guess it's rather 127 nations when you really think about it, but it's the land of Persia. It still exists today. Uh, most of it is in the country of Iran, but it also really control at that time, went all the way from Africa to Asia, so we really think of it in uh, Syria and Turkey, Iraq, Iran, in that region. So uh, a lot of interesting things that go with the, with the story, and we uh, kind of got you the, caught up to the basics. Just want to remind you, we do, we're going to give you a couple of of different turns in music this morning. Uh, we're going to debut two new songs coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, right at the top of the hour. Uh, both of them, interestingly enough, are connected to Influencers Church. One of those is their brand new single, which just happens to release this morning. We had Ryan and the gang in a while back when the first song from the album was released, and so this one, uh, Ryan Rolls is the lead on it, and a uh, really great song. So we'll coming up with that at 8 o'clock, and also Dan Daniela Barroso, she is a, a Latin singer. She's been singing for a very long time, actually since she was a teenager, and uh, just has done such a great job, but uh, she's just released a song called, believe it or not, Zion. How appropriate is that for uh, for Purim, and it really connects to per the Purim story very well. She actually, we're playing the English version, but you can get it in English, Spanish, Portuguese, and Hebrew. How's that for a lot of options for you? <laughs> so that's coming up at 8 o'clock. Coming up in the next set of music after we share just a little bit here, there is actually a song that was written about Purim hmm. by Jess Ray, one of our favorites, and it's called Gallows. So if you're familiar with Jess, you'll know the song. And uh, we'll also get you that one in, and hopefully at right around the right time in the story, too. So let's pick it up at the plot. Are you ready? All right. Esther has been taken to the palace to live with all the other girls for an entire year. Why for an entire year, you ask? Because it was required for them to receive beauty treatments before they could even be brought before the king. Now, remember, this is a king who ordered his queen to basically traipse out in, in, in front of all the guests at the palace, massive place, wearing just her crown. She refused. He killed her. And when found... Uh, over a thousand other girls to pick one for a new queen like that like Vashti she would have no choice but to obey in all things so it's kind of a rough moment so you have this Jewish orphan she's brought in she's not told him or anyone else that she's Jewish and they're taking these six-month beauty treatments the scents and oils and that's all that's going on and they're being brought before the king one at a time and it says simply that the king loved Esther more than all the women and she won his favor so something has happened. This beautiful young Jewish orphan girl has won the heart of this king. And, of course, you're thinking to yourself, if you're a young lady, is this a good thing or a bad thing? How could this possibly be God? You've dedicated yourself to God your whole life. All you're wanting to do is pursue God, and suddenly you're now with the king of the most of the world, the known world of his time, and you know he's a murderous, violent king. And so here we are. The beautiful young Jewish orphan becomes the queen of Persia. Mordecai, her uncle, who's really like a father to her, being a protective father, would come to the palace each day to check on her. So one day, he was sitting at the king's gate, overheard a conversation between two of the king's attendants, plotting to poison the king. Now, Mordecai told this to Esther, who told the king, and the coup was thwarted, and the plotters were hanged. It was recorded in the royal book of Chronicles that Mordecai had saved the king's life. Set that aside. Meanwhile, 
During the twelfth month when Adar comes, this evil Haman or Haman was appointed prime minister of the empire. So that's again the next highest role. You have the king and queen, and then this prime minister. He was so powerful, if you will, that he was treated as the king, and the king commanded all to bow to Haman. But Mordecai defied the orders and refused to bow to Haman because as a Jew, he could only bow to God. Also, Haman wore an image of the idol he worshipped on his chest, and Mordecai couldn't bow to him without also appearing to worship that idol. So he was in a place where he couldn't go. Everybody else bowed, but Mordecai, he would not. So listen to Esther 3, 5, and 6. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pray or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet, having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of uh, Ahasuerus or Xerxes. It's rather obvious that Haman is not just a guy with an anger problem. He is an antichrist. He advances instantly from anger to rage to genocide. That's not a normal progression. There's more to the story. I mentioned that, that Haman is the descendant of Amalek, which is a horrible lineage. But if you trace him back a few hundred years further, you'll find another reason these two are instant enemies. Amalek came from the line of Esau. Mordecai, who refused to bow to Haman, was a descendant of Benjamin, the youngest son of Jacob. That's probably not a story you know, but the same animosity that most Arabs, who are sons of Ishmael, feel toward the Jews today, who are sons of Isaac, sometimes exists between the descendants of Jacob and Esau. Now, you probably remember the story. Jacob and Esau were twins. Esau came out first, so he had the birthrights of the eldest son. When they were grown, Jacob tricked him twice, stole his birthright and blessing. Esau promised to kill him, and so Jacob fled, lived with their uncle for 20 years, during which time he became wealthy and had a large family. And when Jacob brought his family home for the first time after 20 years, expecting to face this murderous Esau, it didn't work out that way. Jacob and all of his sons bowed low, and the two estranged brothers reconciled. They didn't live near each other or, or really interact at that point, but they didn't kill each other. But of course, there's always a catch, even in reconciliation. As it turns out, one of Jacob's sons actually didn't bow to Esau because he couldn't. Benjamin, who was in Rachel's womb at the time, hadn't been born yet, but he was there. So according to the ancient Midrash for Esther 3, Mordecai refused to kneel to Haman. That act was offensive enough, but with hundreds of years of family animosity built up, Mordecai's slight of him became even more unbearable because he was a Benjaminite. So Haman was enraged that Mordecai wouldn't bow, and when he discovered the reason he wouldn't bow because he was a Jew, and even worse, a Benjaminite, well, that was it. Haman began to persuade the king that the Jews of the entire empire were not loyal and should be destroyed. He even offered to pay for their annihilation. Now, it was the first month of Adar when Haman was casting lots, and it happened to fall into Nisan by that time, to find a date to spring the trap. Well, the lot fell and the lot fell, and eventually it falls all the way to a year away in the 12th month of Adar. So Haman convinced the king to issue a decree ordering the extermination of all the Jews, young and old, women and children in the entire kingdom, on one day, the 13th day of Adar. So Haman also wrote into the order, an interesting slight here, to each providence that they were to plunder all of the possessions. So imagine 
very similar to what the Nazis did in going into other nations. They they not only were killing the Jews, but they were also taking all of their stuff. They were seizing all their properties and value. So it was also a plundering of their wealth. And this was from and part of what motivated Hitler was this journey back to Haman. It was to plunder all their possessions of the Jews. Normally, the Jews' possessions would have become property of the king of Persia. So Haman made their possessions free for the taking, and that was to ensure that everyone would participate in this massacre. So evil, evil, evil guy. When Mordecai learned of the plot, he tore his clothes, convinced all the Jews in the capital to wear sackcloth, repent, fast, and pray. And across the empire, whenever the Jews heard this edict, there was great mourning. Mordecai asked Esther to appeal to the king. But of course, <laughs> you can imagine, brand new bride, she uh, was well aware what happened to Vashti. And there's a rule. She was afraid because it was forbidden even for her to approach the king unless he called for her. And if he didn't ask for you, you can't approach him. So Mordecai responded, and it's the most famous verse of Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape just because you're in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So Esther asked Mordecai to gather all the Jews of the city to fast and pray with her for three days before she approaches the king. On the third day, Esther was invited to visit the king, and she in turn asked the king and Haman to join her for a feast. That's all she asked. At the feast, the king offered to give her anything she desired. She could have had anything. What did she ask? She asked only for the king and Haman to attend another feast the very next day. She's reeling him in. He agrees. And that's where we'll pick up the story next.